Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Now, we're going to get into the Word this morning. Praise God. We're talking about Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, the, for a, a preacher with a message is to sit right there and let somebody else present. It's not that Jason didn't do a good job. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with there's something burning in me that, that wants to get out. Praise God. And so I've got some things to share with you today. We're going to continue talking about Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, he, we introduced uh, this series. And then um, the last two weeks... He's been talking about what Holy Spirit has come to do, what He does. Now, today, we're shifting gears a little bit, and I'm talking about what He has come to empower you to do. Praise God. There are some things that He does. There are some things that He tells us to do. And He's come to Him. Everything He tells you to do, He empowers you to do. Praise God. He doesn't tell you to do anything that he didn't come to empower you to do. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, he gives us the ability to do what he's called us to do. Now, one thing for sure, he won't do what he told you to do. And a lot of people are wanting him to do what he told you. He, here, here's, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Did you know that because Jesus told us to do that, Holy Spirit won't do that? I mean, if Holy, Holy Spirit gets things done, if, if he was going to do it, it would be done. But since he has come to empower you to do that, he won't do it. Therefore, we're going to have to. Praise God. And, and I, I almost don't like to say it like that anyway because it's not that we're going to have to. No, we're going to get to. See, we need to shift our thinking so that we're not thinking, you know, oh, I have to do this. No, I get to do this. Everything God asked me to do, I get to do it. Praise God. It's always... it. it it blesses me to do what he asked me to do. Praise God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 26, and this may seem like a, 
a, an odd verse to, to use to start talking about what Holy Spirit has come to empower you to do. But here it, you'll understand it in a moment. Here it says, For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Now, if it's His, how many think He wants what's His? Praise God. He wants what's His. And so, um, you know, I want us to understand that He says it is all His. It all belongs to Him. Now, Holy Spirit has come because here's what we need to understand. Jesus came into this world and he ministered on this earth for three and a half years and did signs and wonders and miracles and, you know, and, and many people are admiring Jesus. But he didn't call us to admire him. He called us to imitate him. But I cannot imitate him in my own ability. I can't do it. I don't have the capacity to do that. I, can, I cannot work a miracle. But Holy Spirit, through me, can work a miracle. See, he's come to empower me to work miracles, to do signs and wonders and heal the sick and, you know, and, and all of these things that he's come to empower me to do, all the things that Jesus did. In fact, Jesus came, the Bible tells us that he emptied himself and he came in the likeness of flesh and he dwelt on this earth as a man and everything that Jesus did he did not do as the son of God he did as the son of man in fact you find Jesus almost uh, there are a, a few isolated verses where he refers where he talks about being the son of God but for the most part Jesus refers to himself as the son of man why? Because he wants you to understand everything he did, he did as the Son of Man, not as the Son of God. And you are also a Son of Man. Praise God. And as a Son of Man, just like Jesus did great and mighty works as the Son of Man, Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that, that empowered Jesus, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Praise God. That same Holy Spirit is empowering you. Praise God. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 22, it says, He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head of over all things to the church, which is his body. And I want you to get this last part of this verse. It's important that we are the body of Christ. You know, I mean, there's no part of this verse that's not important. But I want to focus in on this last part. The church is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. It is the church which is his body, 
the fullness of him, and it is the church that fills all in all. Praise God. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, that word revealing from the Greek is the, is the Greek word um, apocalypsis, and it means an uncovering. Creation is waiting for us to come out from undercover. The, you know, a lot of Christians are undercover Christians. But he's called us to come out from under cover. Praise God. For the revealing or the uncovering of the sons of God. Um, and, and there is a word that I want to talk about this morning. And I felt it was very important to what we're talking about. Um, and it is the word influence. God has called us to influence our world. Praise God. Now, if I were to take a bucket of water, pour it out on this concrete floor, that bucket of water would immediately find the low spots. It would immediately find every crack. It would immediately find every divot, and it would fill those cracks and divots and low places, or we could say, we could group all those together and say voids. So that water would immediately find the voids and fill those voids. Um, Holy Spirit has been spoken of in fluid terms. See, the word... Influence is actually a compound word. The first part of it is in, and it actually means just what we understand in to mean in the English. It means in. Something is going in. But the last part of, us tell, of that word tells us what is going in to something. And what is going in is fluid. So this... Uh, this word influence, our English word, it means to introduce a fluid into something, something that is fluid. And so Holy Spirit is spoken of in Scripture as oil. Pastor Jason talked about, about this in his message. He's, he's spoken of as oil. All right, when we see Holy Spirit referred to as oil in the Scriptures, we're seeing a, uh, a ministry of His or an aspect of Holy Spirit that makes something new, like the wineskins. Um, you know, a wineskin in Scripture was, um, was a, uh, usually a goat's stomach or something, and it, they would put the wine into that, as long as the wine is in it, it would remain soft and pliable. But then uh, after uh, it was all emptied out, 
that wineskin, if it wasn't filled back up, that wineskin would become hard and brittle and dry and crack. And, and so in order to preserve the wineskin, they would rub oil into it. And by rubbing this oil into this wineskin, it would rejuvenate that skin and make it new again. If you poured wine into it, Holy Spirit's also spoken of as wine. If you were to pour wine into that wine skin that was hard and brittle, it would blow it up. It couldn't contain it. You know, and, and the gases given off from the fermenting process would, would just blow that, that wine skin up. And so Jesus said, you don't put new wine in old wineskins. And so um, this is why. And, but Holy Spirit, he's the oil that makes you new. That's when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. He made you a new creature in Christ. Praise God. And then once you have been made new, then the wine of the Holy Spirit can be poured in. The wine is the power. It's the power in the wine, uh, you know, in the fermentation process that causes the wine skin to blow up if you put it in an old one. And so this is why. And, and also, you know, wine changes a person's behavior. Ever been around somebody that's under the influence of a little too much wine? Well, you know, wine can change our behavior. So Holy Spirit is the wine that is poured into the wine skin. Praise God. He is also spoken of as water. Jesus gave us two instances of that. And he said that, uh, you know, the uh, Holy Spirit, when he's come, he would be a well of living water bubbling up from on the inside of you. But then he also said in another place, he said he would become a river of living water flowing out of you. You see, the well or the fountain of water bubbling up on the inside of you, that's for you. But then there is the river that affects everything and everyone around it. Praise God. And so we see this aspect of Holy Spirit as being a, uh, a fluid. And we talked about influence, and when you pour the water out, the water finds the void. So the, the Holy Spirit is the water, the living water flowing out to affect the world. But what he does, anytime we introduce Holy Spirit into our world, he immediately begins to find the voids. He immediately starts to find the low places and the cracks and the places where there is a void of the life of God. And he begins to fill those voids and, 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 uh, and begins to, to, to fill those up. A river also causes everything around it to have life. 
This is why farming is done in river valleys because you got to get the water from the river. In. Now, if you're farming on a mountaintop, it's a little harder, you know, especially in this part of the country where it doesn't rain that much. You know, we had some nice rain the, the last few days for which we are grateful, but it didn't happen all that much. Now, I go to Guatemala, and they, they farm on the side of a mountain that's like, you know. Uh, in fact, I've been told that sometimes the, the mountain is so steep that they have to rope off in order to do their farm work. I don't know how, I don't know how they can do it, but... And, and actually, I don't know how all the water, the rain that falls on it doesn't just run off and, you know, because the mountain is so steep. But nonetheless, they do it. I've seen it. And, uh, you know, uh, but in this part of the country, you know, we don't go out here to Dark Canyon and farm on the sides of the mountains, on the, on the slopes. And, you know, we farm in the Pecos River Valley. Because that's where the water is. Praise God. And so, Holy Spirit, He comes in and He makes everything around where His presence is, He makes it all live and, and, and gives life to it. Praise God. So, this, this word, you know, in Acts chapter 2 Verse number 17 says this, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour, there's fluid, there's influence, I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Praise God. And then he says this, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 23, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says this, uh, you know, we, we talked about the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Uh, here he says, in, in this Amplified Classic Edition, he says, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything, everywhere with himself. Now, here's what we thought as a church, uh, and I don't mean this church, I'm talking about the church universally. Here's what the church has thought. We thought that our job was to fill our chairs with them, meaning people from, you know, to, to fill our chairs with them. But here's what the Lord said to me. He said, you thought that it was your job to fill your chairs with them, but it's really your job to fill the world with him. See, we've gotten that wrong sometimes. 
you know, we, we thought, well, if we fill up all of our chairs, we're doing great. But are we filling the earth with him? Are we introducing him into our culture? Are we introducing him into our society, into our world? It's our job not to fill our chairs with them, but to fill the earth with him. Praise God. That's influence. He wants us to be people of influence. We are the fullness of Him. And I read that for many years like this. The fullness of Him and He is the one who fills all in all. No. How He fills all in all is through the church. We are His body and the body is what fills all in all. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Psalm chapter 23, verse number 5. Most of us are familiar with the 23rd Psalm. Uh, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You're born again. You accept Jesus as your Savior. And my cup runs over you see we're the cup and it runs over he he didn't just fill up the cup you know one one day um i was making coffee at the house and uh You know, normally I would take the the uh, carafe and I'd fill that with water and pour it into the um, coffee maker, and it would make the coffee. Well, one day, one day, instead of filling the coffee maker out of the carafe, I just left the carafe sitting there and I filled up the coffee maker out of a water jug. And when I did that, I didn't realize that from the day before, I had left about two-thirds of a, uh, of a pot of coffee in there. So when I pour, uh, you know, a full 12 cups of water in there, well, it just runs over. And I, I walk out, and I come back in in a few minutes to get a cup of coffee, and there is coffee everywhere because it runs over. You see, and uh, that's the way Holy Spirit wants to be in our life, not just to fill us up. He wants to overflow our container, our ability to contain Him. Praise God. In fact, you don't have the ability to contain Him. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that. If, if, you, if you attempt to contain, He'll just stop filling we just stop filling. Uh, because the purpose of him filling you is not just so you can have the Holy Spirit. You see, that's not what it's all about. It's not just so you can say, well, I'm, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Well, maybe not. Because when he when he fills you, he just continues to overflow. Praise God. 
And if there's no overflowing, you're probably not full. Praise God. Now, Galatians, well, no, let me, let me look back at this for just a moment. He says, my cup runs over. The opposite of fullness means that something is missing. The opposite of fullness means that there is a, there is something empty. Part of it is empty. To some degree, there is an emptiness. Um, the inflow fills every void, every hole, every place where the fluid does not exist. Now, why is something, you know, here, here's what, the, the Lord gave me this, this mental image one day that, you know, the, the devil has come up with this idea. Now, really, the devil didn't come up with the idea. He just borrowed an idea and twisted it, okay? That, that's all he ever does. He's never had an original idea. But he came up with this thing of sickness and disease, and we're very familiar with this when it comes to, uh, you know, we, we all know about COVID, and everybody knows about COVID. And, but to make something contagious so that when somebody gets close to you, if you have this, what you know, then it can it can get onto them or 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 attack them from you. But you know that is a perversion of God's idea. God's idea was that the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is upon you get on, so it would be. Uh, a, a positive thing, not a destructive negative thing. It would be a positive thing so that when you get close to someone, when you touch someone, when you shake hands with someone, when you give someone a hug, when you get around them, that Holy Spirit flowing out of you spills on them. That's God's idea. Devil took that and he perverted it and he said, oh, that works pretty well, you know, so I'll just take that and we'll, we'll take disease and we'll make it spread that way. Just, just remember, anything's contagious. That was God's idea initially. Not to spread disease, but to spread Holy Spirit power. Praise God. Was God's idea initially, but how do we fill the earth with His influence? Galatians chapter five, verse number twenty-two says, "The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering." Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law, or there is no law. He doesn't, he's not saying it's not against the law. No, he's saying there is no law that can, that can stop it. There is no law that can contain it. Now, if you 
get up on the, on the building here and you walk off the building, there is a law that says you will hit the ground quickly. Um, but there is a law that can overcome that law called the law of lift. And so that's why an airplane flies. So there, the law of gravity, there is a law against it. It doesn't mean gravity is against the law. It just means that there is a law that can overcome the law of gravity, the law of lift. But against the fruit of the Spirit, he says, there is no law that can overcome the law uh, of the fruit or, or can overcome the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. There's no law that can supersede or overcome the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Praise God. Praise God. You know that a fruit tree, an apple tree, produces apples. Apple tree produces apples because it's an apple tree. You may say, well, it's because I put fertilizer on it. Well, you may have helped the process, but it, you can put, you know, if you've got a mesquite bush, you can't put fertilizer on it and get apples. So, therefore, the apple tree does not produce apples be, uh, because you put fertilizer on it. The apple tree produces apples because it's an apple tree. And it will never produce pecans. It will never produce any other kind of fruit. It will produce what it is. Praise God. And no other kind of tree will ever produce apples. If you want to get apples, you have to have an apple tree. And so um, when we are filled with the Spirit, we produce spirit fruit. Praise God. And he tells us what that spirit fruit is. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what is produced out of you because you are spirit-filled. Now, let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. And I want you to see something. See, that, that's something he does in you. He, he does that in you. Now, Isaiah 61 was a prophecy of Jesus, and it talks about what Jesus would come and do. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord God, that's Holy Spirit. He said, Holy Spirit is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, we talked about the fruit of the spirit, that that was something he did in you, versus what you now do because he is in you. And here's what he said, Jesus would do some things, and when Holy Spirit has come upon you, it is the same Spirit that anointed Jesus, so because you have the same Spirit, he has anointed you to do the same. In fact, what he, that verse goes on and it says, then they, not talking about the, the same, he's talking about some, he's introduced someone else into this equation now. He says, then they will rebuild the old ruins, the former desolation. They'll repair the ruined cities, the, the former desolation, the desolation of many generations. He says, they will do this. Now, here's what I want you to get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify this, what I, what I just said. He has anointed Jesus... And now Jesus does these things, and now the ones that Jesus did these things to and for, now they will rebuild the ruined cities and, and, and repair the desolation and, and do this. So in other words, the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. Jesus did something, and now the ones he did it to and for now they go do and the, the same thing that he did. That's why Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. Praise God. So, here's the thing that you have received that same spirit from Jesus. Now, he is upon you and he has anointed you to do the same things Jesus did. Praise God. Praise God. So, if he anointed Jesus to preach good tidings to the poor, then he's anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor. Praise God. He has anointed him and sent him to heal the brokenhearted. So, he has anointed and sent you to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. See, and, and people immediately say, well, you know, I'm not a preacher. He anointed him to preach. Well, he's anointed you to preach. And Pastor Jason mentioned this in his, in his uh, messages. He said, you know, that may not mean that you stand on a platform uh, behind a pulpit or you do, you do what I'm doing right now, but it means that you proclaim something. You proclaim something. You contact people every day that I may never even meet. 
you know. And because you contact them, you have been called to proclaim the good news to the ones you come, come in contact with. You're anointed to do it. You're anointed to do it. Now, he empowers you to do it. That's, that's what the anointing is all about. He is empowering you to do it. And sometimes, you know, we, we tend to think that, well, I'm, I'm inadequate. I don't have the ability to do this. But He, Holy Spirit, who has filled you to overflowing, has the ability to do it. But you see, you've got to do your part because he won't ever do your part. He anointed you to preach, but he won't preach. He anointed you to heal. And this is where people get really, really religious. Well, nobody can heal but Jesus. Didn't Jesus tell you, tell, didn't he tell his disciples? He sent out, uh, in one place he sent out uh, the 12. Another place he sent out 70. And in both cases, now keep in mind, neither one of those two groups, neither the 12 or the 70, at the time Jesus sent them out, neither one of them were even saved, as you and I know salvation. Neither one of them were even born again because Jesus was the firstborn from the dead and he hadn't been born from the dead yet. So therefore, we know that neither one of the, the 12 or the 70, neither one were even born again, yet he sent them out and he gave them power and he told them to go and heal the sick. Whatever city you come into, heal the sick there. That's what he said. So if they, who were not even born again, could be empowered to heal the sick, then why do we say only Jesus can heal the sick? And that's the trouble. We're asking Jesus to heal the sick. Instead of saying, as Jesus said, be healed. Receive your healing right now. In the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus. You see, we don't do it. We're not trying to take something that's not ours. This is something He gave us. This is something He empowered us with. We're not trying to usurp some kind of authority or ability. He gave it to us. Why don't we just believe what he said? He said, heal the sick. It says, he anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good, Acts 10, 38, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He's anointed you. You have an anointing from the Holy One. That's what the Scripture says. 
You have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing that was given to you by Jesus. And because you have the anointing, the same anointing that Jesus had, you can do the same things Jesus did. So let's, when we go out there and we, uh, well, the Bible says we're supposed to pray for the sick. No, it said heal the sick. See, what we mean most of the time when we're praying for the sick is we're asking God to heal them. He said, you heal the sick. And so in our minds, we think that we're being, you know, that, that we're honoring the Lord by asking him to do this. But he's not honored by that because he said, you do this. And I'm not taking it upon myself to do something I don't have the ability to do. I have the ability to do it because the same reason Jesus had the ability to do it. Because of Holy Spirit who has anointed me. Praise God. He has empowered me. He, has a, he is the river that's flowing out of me. He is the wine that is empowering me from within. Praise God. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. You say, he anointed me to preach? Well, he, he anointed you to, to, to proclaim the gospel. Praise God. In fact, Scripture says this. He says, you know, in the hour, he said, they're going to call you before judges and magistrates and, and, and rulers. He said, don't even worry about what you're going to say. He said, because in that very hour, he'll fill your mouth. At that very hour, he'll give you what to say. Praise God. Well, I'm not prepared. Are you spirit-filled? If you're spirit-filled, you're prepared. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you know, I haven't been to Bible school. I don't know all that stuff. You know, are you spirit-filled? Then you're prepared. You have what you need. Praise God. Don't worry in that hour what you're going to say because in that very hour, he's going to give you what to say. Praise God. Now, don't take that wrong. Let's not run off and jump in the ditch. Okay, because that doesn't mean you don't need to read your Bible. It doesn't mean you don't need to pray. All right? But he will give you what to say in that hour. You see, that, that's the reason why a lot of times brand new Christians can get results when, you know, us that have been around forever sometimes can't because the new Christians sometimes don't know they can't. Nobody told them they can't. All they did is open their Bible and it said do this and so they oh okay. And the, and the new Christians have heard a lot of unbelief preachers telling them they can't. 
You know, it makes me so angry when I hear a preacher get on to get on to the people for not sharing the gospel, and then in the next breath they tell them why they're disqualified to preach the gospel. You know, that, that just goes all over me. If you tell me I'm disqualified, then why would I go do it or try to do it? I'm telling you today, you're qualified. If you're saved, if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're qualified. Praise God. If you have received the ministry of Holy Spirit in your life, you are qualified. Praise God. Now, he anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Now, Jesus said he anointed him to, to do all these things. He tells this is what I came to do. But when Jesus went back to heaven, he said, now I'm sending you to do all these things. He has given us, I mentioned nine spiritual gifts that are, that are listed in, in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And there are three categories of gifts, and I don't have time to get into this today, but this is from right here, this is a teaser for the next couple of weeks, okay? There are nine spiritual gifts, three categories with three gifts in each category. So that's nine gifts. One of those categories we call utterance gifts or gifts that say something. And if you list everything that he sent you to do, it was either to say something, to do something, or know something. All right? So um, he's Holy Spirit has come to anoint you in each of these categories. The utterance gifts, three utterance gifts, they all are gifts that empower you to say what needs to be said. So you need utterance gifts when you don't know what to say. Then there are three gifts in the category that we call uh, revelation gifts, or they reveal something, or you know something by these gifts. It's when you don't have any way to know what you need to know in, in the natural. So that doesn't mean you can open up a book at the library and, and, and find it. It doesn't mean you can Google it. You know, I know some of you don't know where, what the library is, but, uh, you know, you know, you know Google, Okay. So we, we probably should say it that way. Uh, you can't Google it and find out. All right? There are, there are some things you cannot Google. And Holy Spirit has come and he has anointed you with three gifts that are better than Google. And they will give you information that you need when you need it. Praise God. To, to know what you need to know. Praise God. And then there are three gifts that we call power gifts. And they are gifts that do something. They are gifts that when you don't have the ability to do what you need to do, 
talked about healing earlier. You know, I don't have the ability in and of myself, apart from Holy Spirit, I can't heal anyone. But he has anointed me to heal the sick. Praise God. So he empowers me to do what I could not do. Um, you know, this is what Jesus was operating in when he walked on water. Praise God. He, 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 Jesus, the man, Christ Jesus, didn't have the ability in and of his humanity to walk on water. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, he could walk on water. Hallelujah. Now, don't go down to the Pecos River and try to walk across because you probably don't need to unless you're just trying to show out. Uh, you know, and, and I, I say that to say this, that none of these gifts are intended to glorify you. They're all to glorify Jesus. None of these gifts are intended to, for entertainment purposes. You know, here, here's what a lot of people think. They think the, the, that signs and wonders and miracles are for entertainment. But they're not. They're to meet the needs of people. Praise God. And when you need to meet someone's need and you don't have the natural ability to meet that need, then Holy Spirit has anointed you to meet the need. Praise God. Praise God. You know, if, if Olga comes in here and Olga is, uh, she is sicker than a dog. And she comes in here and Brittany back here ministers healing to Olga. And, and Olga receives that healing and she's miraculously healed by the power of God. It wasn't for Brittany's benefit. See, that's where a lot of people get off on that. She, you know, well, God used me. Yeah. But no, it wasn't for Brittany's benefit. It's for Olga's benefit. Praise God. Yeah, I'm, I'm sad to say there are a whole lot of preachers that think it's about exalting their ministry. And I assure you that when you hear about preachers that fake it, that's the preachers that fake it is the ones who think it's all about exalting their ministry. When they lose uh, sight of the fact that it was not for them, it was for the people that received. Praise God. And when they do that, then Holy Spirit can move through them because He didn't give Brittany a gift to exalt Brittany, he gave Brittany a gift to heal Olga. Praise God. We gotta get we gotta grasp that. And the sooner, you know, I love something I saw from Mario Murillo the other day. And he talked about the time that he spent in prayer before he went out and preached. And he said, I spend two, three, I I, I don't remember the number that he said, but I'm just gonna say that for for illustration purposes. He said, I spend two, three hours getting me out of the way. 
I spend two or three hours before I go preach getting me out of the way. Then he goes out. See, he's not trying to talk God into doing something. He's trying to get him out of the way. Praise God. God wants to do it. Do, do you think God would send you to do something he doesn't want to do? No. Would he anoint you to do something he doesn't want done? He anoints you to heal because he wants the sick healed. He anoints you to preach the gospel because he wants the gospel preached. Praise God. He's anointed you to meet needs because he wants needs met. Praise God. Praise God. And I am out of time. I can keep going on this for a long, long time. So y'all should say thank you, Jesus, for watches. Even though they're not watched very often. But, uh, you know, it's if you're here today or if you're watching me online and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you see, we're talking about the oil of the Spirit that makes you new. And once you become new, then you immediately become eligible to be filled with the wine of the Spirit. Praise God. But the first thing we've got to do is get you made new. Praise God. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we're about to pour out some oil here. Praise God. Jesus said that there's only one way to come to the Father, only one way to come to God, and that's by Him. So how do you do that? The Apostle Paul wrote about that when he said in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. He said, for with the heart... You believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What's the confession part about? The confession part is about verbally acknowledging what you believe. You believe God raised Jesus from the dead, so you verbally acknowledge what you have believed. Now, if you believe that Jesus came into this world and he went to the cross, and he died on a cross, and he did that to pay for your sins so that you wouldn't have to. Now, that's the simple message. And if you want to believe that, you can believe it. You say, well, I'm just having trouble believing that. No, if you want to believe it, you can believe it. You have the ability to believe what you choose to believe. So right now, choose to believe that. If you believe that, now the next thing is, Acknowledge verbally what you believe. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to repeat this after me. And if you mean what you say, then according to God's word, you will be saved. Praise God. The moment we say amen at the end of this, you will be saved. So say this with me. 
say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus, that he died on a cross for me, that he paid for my sins so I won't have to, and that you raised him from the dead so I could have new life. And today, I choose to put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now here you go. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. and We've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.